Heart Pledge Day. Proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. Call now, 780-407-2200 or visit 630Ched.com. Well, it is a heart pledge day here at the Madzinkowski. Uh, we've been uh, asking you to uh, pick up the phone and make a call, 780-407-2200, or go online uh, to heartpledgeday.ca. I'm sure if you think about it, you probably wouldn't have to think too long. You probably mm-hmm. know someone uh, that you love or who is a friend of yours, already has received some excellent care down here at the Maz. You can say thank you for that care by calling the number, going on online and certainly our next guests I think would fall in that category. We'd like to welcome uh, Trevor Newfeld and Jennifer Harrison to uh, the 630 Ched desk here this afternoon. Hi Trevor. Hi Jennifer. Hello. Thanks for having us. Well thank you. Did you drive in from Meadow Lake today? Uh, no we're actually still here in Edmonton. Uh, I'm still on some uh, antibiotics every four hours so uh, I'm in I'm in the Maz here twice a week getting blood work done okay. still uh, as well as I'm on antibiotics every four hours so Home care is looking after us here at Edmonton Whoa. just because the program is so much superior in Alberta. So I guess we need to back, back up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's back that up. So <laughs> how, oh, tell us where your story began. Okay, so it's been quite a journey. So uh, I guess it starts in Saskatchewan where around, well, before Christmas I was up kind of renoing a cabin, felt sick, so went back into Meadow Lake. Uh, I thought it was just the flu. Um, the wife here, Jennifer, went up and <laughs> was doing some work for me because I was sick. That's uh, what I call my wife, too. So we're okay. The wife. <laughs> so uh, she was trying to get a hold of me, and she couldn't because I was at the house there sleeping, and turned out I'd passed out, and they <laughs> had, had to break a window to get me out. Um, and I kind of don't remember the next three days, so for those, as far as those questions, she'd probably be a little better to speak to that stuff. So you were born, though, with uh, with a heart condition, right, Yes, Trevor? sorry. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was born with a bicuspid valve and aortic stenosis. What does that mean? Okay, so most uh, your aortic valve, well, all, I think all heart valves, the way I understand it, have three leaflets. So that uh, it's like a valve, so when the blood comes through, it closes so it doesn't allow any blood to come back into the heart mm-hmm. so then I had a bicuspid meaning there was just two leaflets so my heart had to work harder to circulate the blood because it would leak back into the into the heart so they call that uh, regurgitation hmm. so then like any other muscle it works harder so it grows so the concern is it's getting bigger and then you're you get narrowing of the aortic valve which uh, is the aortic stenosis so, so had you been warned? I mean, did you know your entire life that you had to keep an eye on this? Or Absolutely. Was, okay. I, every year I had a yearly checkup. Uh, and my first surgery was actually when I was seven years old. Uh, first open heart surgery. And that was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, they used to have a really good program actually there for, for the pediatrics. Uh, since I don't think is what it, what it was now because we all get sent to the MAS now. So, <laughs> uh, And then they kind of waited. They just made it work until I was finished growing so when I was 16 grade 12 they I had the Ross procedure so that's when they take my pulmonary valve which is your low pressure on your lung side put it in the aortic side uh, and then I got a human donor put in the pulmonary but the nice thing about it is I had zero medications I lived got to live life from 16 till 
till basically December twenty third, <laughs> with like an, like everybody else. I had no no limitations. Well, that's what I'm wondering because you, when you have a condition, any kind of uh, pre-existing condition, I would assume, and I don't, so but I would assume that you sort of just want to live a normal life. So there's some part part of you that wants to just forget that this is something you should be keeping an eye on, and, and then it can sneak up on you like it did. Yeah, absolutely, and and probably worse yet is because I've always had it. I don't know the difference. Yeah. So I was probably doing things I shouldn't have been doing as a kid, right? I would guess 90% of the people who arrived yeah, here were doing something they shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're still doing things yeah, we shouldn't yeah. be doing. <laughs> but we're here. Yeah. So December 27th, or December 17th, this past December 17th is when you started to get the flu symptoms that lasted Correct. for about five days. It was December 23rd. Jennifer, you found him unconscious. And Trevor, if you can pass the microphone to Jennifer, I'm curious. Uh, you did not have the flu. Um, you had a severe form, form of endocarditis. Is that what has that how you say it? Yeah, infective endocarditis. So yeah. when you found him, tell us, tell us that moment. Uh, I was terrified. I, I knew something was wrong, and the door was locked, and we had the only key, so we broke a window to get in. I had already had the paramedics en route, and yeah, we a neighbor broke into the window, and my dad had got got him out, and and yeah. Where was this? Meadow Lake. You're Meadow in Meadow Lake. Meadow Lake. Yeah. Where, where do you go when you're in? I'm not meaning to sound. I mean, I wouldn't be making fun if I weren't sitting next to him right <laughs> yeah. now. But you're in Meadow Lake, and and your husband's in complete distress. Where? are the paramedics where are you going with him well we went to Saskatoon actually stars okay. came in well no we took an ambulance stars couldn't fly that night because of ice storms in Saskatoon so we took a we took an ambulance yeah from Meadow Lake to Saskatoon so how did we end up here then well uh, he got it uh, admitted into Saskatoon the 24th the morning of the 24th and he was in emerge and then into ICU and then out of ICU on the 26th then flown stars to Edmonton. Quite the Christmas you had, huh? Well, we kind of miss Christmas. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I got to say that we talk about this whenever we do one of these uh, days. We talk about the uh, the comfort and, and just knowing that you've gotten to the right place and that you're surrounded by people who can help you um, because obviously none of us at this table are able to, to cure these kinds of problems. But that would also describe uh, the Saskatoon Hospital, except their go-to move was to take your husband and send him to the mass. Absolutely. Yeah, any complicated heart cases, congenital cases, all come here. Yeah. That speaks volumes, doesn't it? When one hospital says, you know what? We'd rather have him at this other hospital. Absolutely. Yeah. So how uh, in and out was Trevor? Were, was he kind of uh, out for the most of us? He was all out. out. All out. <laughs> all so out. you're <laughs> not able to talk to him. You're dealing on the other side. Tell me about the support that you received here from those doctors while he can't talk to you. Oh, it was amazing. Amazing support. We felt completely uh, more comfortable here for sure, family and friends, as they came in here. We got a lot more answers, very quick answers, because they understood the condition. They knew what was going on right away. Saskatoon was guessing, and we got here, and they knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. And no disrespect meant. Um, do they dummy it down for you? Absolutely, they okay. do. Yeah, absolutely, they do. And I should mention the executive director here, Michelle, lived across the street from me in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. Wow, so. no there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a small world, yeah. So you were, you were moved here on uh, Boxing Day, and then... Three weeks later, you have surgery. So, well, January 22nd, you went uh, underwent another surgery, Trevor. 
Yes, yeah, it's uh, surgery number four for me. Um, they did do a lot of repair in Saskatoon when I was uh, 20, I believe. Okay. Uh, it was just kind of a, I call it a quick, <laughs> quick fix, but it was still <laughs> invasive surgery. So they always knew I'd be coming back to Edmonton because there was no, because I'm congenital and it's a complicated surgery with all the scar tissue due to the other surgeries, they always knew my next surgery because I knew I had to have one more for sure would be here at the MAS. So. So about, I would say four years ago, they started sending us here to line me up with a cardiologist and start watching me every year. And they monitor, like they're so great about monitoring your progress and and just and watching every Is that now something you'll live with for the rest of your life or past this next surgery, is it all behind you? Or what's your prognosis? Uh, I should never need to have open heart surgery again with the way... No, <laughs> somebody find some wood. Yeah, <laughs> Knock off that. Yeah, it is. With the technology now, uh, the pulmonary valve may need to be replaced at some point, but with the, with the improvements in technology, they should be able to go in through the vein on that one. Must be something else, though, for you having lived this for 37 years to, to see the progress that has been made from, you know, the first surgery to the way that you were treated, uh, the treatment at the very beginning to what it is now. For sure, even even like little things like I used to, one of the things I used to dread is when they took the drainage tubes out of your chest mm-hmm. and now they have smaller drainage tubes. Like I literally didn't even feel it when they took them out. Like simple things like that that just make mm. make it more comfortable for you, right? Like simple that, things like that that I'm glad I don't have to think <laughs> yeah. about. No, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> and then, and just how quickly they get you, like when uh, my first surgery, I think I was in the hospital 10 or 11 days and I like this one was a little different due to how ill I was before so it took me a little longer to recover but the surgery before I think five days I was out of the hospital and home so I mean it's been it's been four weeks and I'm walking around I've I don't have typically don't have a bunch of pain or anything like it's just getting my energy back and starting with getting back to a regular life. When you spend that kind of time in a hospital, do you get to know the staff? I mean, do they become friends? Absolutely. I've, we were here 43 days, I think, in total. Uh, That's more time than I've spent with my kids over the last <laughs> year. Yeah, well. Yeah, and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, you see these people shift in, shift out, and you, you really appreciate the hours they put in, like... Like even the nurses and stuff, they work nights and then like they go into back to days and it's like I don't know how they do it and they still come with a smile on their face. They're so helpful. They see a lot of horrific stuff and they yeah. obviously see a lot of great stories too that would be uplifting. But there's there's a sad one too. Absolutely. Like not yeah. all of them are, are Trevor no. and Jen stories, right? No. And it's, now I'm curious to know you're you're still here I think uh, for another week or so March March 4th uh, that course of antibiotics but you know a, a surgery like that and a sickness like what you have had has to take a, a pretty major toll on your on your body um, what what are you doing besides the antibiotics how do you start to build back up so you're you're feeling better do you have uh, rehab are you working out and is it all done through here yeah, like this is essentially a one-stop shop for for a heart patient. Like, even when we came in, just with with all the illnesses I had with the being the, the blood being septic, like I seen neurology here because I had uh, 
some uh, emboli from the heart valve that was infected spray through my brain and body. So it was like having, the way they described it to me was kind of having like mini strokes. So I seen neurology here, I seen uh, infectious disease, that's who's treating my my uh, infection. And then you're seeing cardiologists, I seen my obviously my heart surgeon, like, and then with it being a teaching institution too, like I got to see lots of doctors, like, uh, like fellows and stuff that were learning come in. So it's it's just it's great for me. And then physio comes in, nurses. Uh, I mean, even the pharmacists, like stuff you don't even think of. The pharmacists, they have people here that come and explain all these drugs that I'm on and what I have to take and what's life and what's for now. Like it, it's just great. Like the amount of information that they give you, it's like the stuff you don't even think of. And they, it's, you get to, you're so well prepared by the time you go home because these people are so good at what they do. You know, I'm curious, uh, Jennifer. Uh, Trevor's described earlier how people around here become friends basically because the attention's all focused on your husband because that's the reason that they're all coming in his room and doing whatever how do you feel when you come here i mean one of the things i don't like about hospitals is i feel like i don't belong when i come in i don't know where i'm supposed to be i don't know if i'm allowed to stand here yeah i mean how you've obviously spent a lot of time here not as a patient though how do, how do you feel do you do you fit in here? Well, I had never spent any time in a hospital. It was my first time. Wow. <laughs> and uh, we, he has so many friends that have come. Like, over 60 friends have come. There's no visiting <laughs> hours. They, You know, like, anybody, they'll answer. You have over 60 friends? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have six. real friends, not just on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we're talking Facebook. <laughs> I'm not even on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably why you still have friends. <laughs> no, Sorry. They, no, they accommodate all of us, absolutely. Answer our questions and no matter what kind of questions they are, they take the time to explain from the surgeons that are busy down to... So not just taking care of Trevor, but taking care uh, of oh, you. Oh, and I needed a lot of help, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, yeah I'm going to ask both of you the same question. And Jen, since you have the microphone, you're, you get to answer first, and we'll give Trevor a, a second to think about this. So when you ask people, when you turn around and ask people to call the number 407-2200 to make a donation, what would you tell them at this moment? Well, I think that people have to, to have to think this can happen to anybody. And yeah, Trevor was born with a heart condition, but uh, you know, a lot of people, it affects older folks, it affects younger folks, it can affect anybody. You never know. And it's just this facility is unbelievable. Like just second to none. Like we've never. Well, obviously, Trevor's received amazing care. And yeah, and it can come out of the blue. Trevor had three roommates when he was here that completely had this come out of the blue. Really? Mm. And yeah, just rotating through. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Trevor, what would you say? Yeah, Trevor, why should people pick up the phone and give that donation? Oh, this is a one-of-a-kind one facility, and it, it doesn't just look after Alberta. It looks after central Canada all the way to the west. Like, I had roommates from the territories. I've had roommates from <laughs> B.C., we're from Saskatchewan. Yeah. Like, it's, it's for everyone, and, and without it, you'd have a lot of loved ones missing out on, on life, right? So mm -hmm. we really appreciate it. Um, and it's it's like a great facility. And as far as like uh, even as I've obviously been in ICUs before, and the last ones we were at were 
they're in a dark dungy basement where it's all you know scary and stuff <laughs> everyone's already in a bad mood you come here to the healing garden like beautiful the facility is amazing you're in a bad mood already so why not have the sun and some plants at least give you a chance to share some laughs and and experience how great this place really is. Hey, let's push the commercial by 30 seconds. The healing garden? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? So there's a waiting room on the uh, fourth floor, and it's amazing. Uh, it's been, I believe it's been donated by the Sikhs, uh, Sikh community, and it's full of plants, there's water, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. And then all glass uh, windows, so the sun comes in and everything, it, it's just, it's great we for the family. We need to send friends. you up there. I think we need to do the, the show from there. <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do. Uh, you know what, Trevor, Jennifer, thank you both for sharing your story with us and continued, uh, you know, good health and hope things continue to go on uh, well for you and your family. For sure, thank Thanks for having us, and please, everybody, donate. This is a wonderful facility. At number again, 780-407-2200. Toll free is 1-866-407-2211. Or go online, heartpledgeday.ca. Give from the the heart. That's what we're asking for. Donate now. The Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute. You're listening to 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day. Proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. To donate, please call 780-407-2200 or visit 630ched.com. Well, you know what you could also do if you're outside of the Edmonton area? You could call toll-free 1-866-407-2211. That's 1-866-407-2211 or go to uh, heartpledgeday.ca. We need to get that other... uh get that sign closer? You know, uh, I'm definitely, I, I don't need the Maz right now, but I do need uh, an eye doctor. An don't eye you? doctor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they have one kicking around anywhere in this whole facility. That hey, sign is massive. And I know. I'm straining to see mm, it. Yeah. It's, you know what, I'm tired. It was a long night. I'm not complaining. I'm just, you know, the things, these things don't work as well when I'm tired. Big thank you to our friends at Roseno Transport Limited as well, uh, who are donating their time answering phones this afternoon, the 407-2200. We'd love to hear some of the phones ringing. Again, thank you to Trevor Newfeld and his wife, Jennifer, joining us uh, this afternoon. I mean, it's it's interesting, you know, uh, the wife. The wife, I know. <laughs> you know, he, he talks about, you know, even though he was, you know, born with, uh, with, a, with a heart condition but going on going on going on thought he was getting the flu not getting the flu blood septic yeah just how one thing went from another but can can you only imagine finding your your husband in a locked cabin and you have to ba- break a window in the middle of lake saskatchewan and get him taken to saskatoon exactly exactly from the floor of a cabin a cabin to to, to the mazinkowski a world here. leader in uh, cardiac care Man, oh man, that's, that's a journey that you don't want to have to take, but you're grateful when uh, when you do. Okay, Eileen Bell is uh, coming up next, and then on the other side, we're going to be talking about another little youngster, mm. a youngster who has uh, used the services, used the uh, the facility here at the Mazinkowski. That's after this. From the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute, this is 6:30 Chad Heart Pledge Day. Proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. Call now, 780-407-2200 or visit 630 chedcom 
And not very often I get to say the words, well, we're at the uh, reception desk of uh, a world-leading cardiac care facility, but that's where we are today. Uh, we're at the Mazinkowski. And by the way, we've been giving out the numbers, and we'll do it again in a second before I introduce or before you introduce our guest, Jayla and I. Uh, we've been saying that uh, you can pay in many different ways uh, by calling 780-407-2200 or uh, going to heartpledgeday.ca. They'll take uh, credit cards. They'll take a promise. They'll take a check. They'll take uh, They'll take anything. They just uh, they want to take your call is what they want to do. And as we've said, and we'll say again and again and again, we're fortunate to have mm-hmm. a facility like this in our own backyard. Our first guest does not have a facility like this in their backyard. Yeah, we'd like to welcome Rachel Vanderswag to the the show this afternoon. She joins us uh, on the phone from Winnipeg. And, and Rachel's son, Maverick, is two years old. He's been a patient at the Mass since shortly after his birth. Hi, Rachel. Hi. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Tell us a little bit about Maverick. He's, uh, from ever, for all accounts, he's a pretty healthy little two-year-old boy, but he's had a really tough go. Absolutely. Yes, he has. Um, Maverick was born with congenital heart disease, and I'm not sure if our listeners know a bit about congenital heart disease. Tell us. Um, it's yeah, it's the leading cause of infant death, actually. One in 100 children have it, and it can range from have something as simple as having a little hole in your heart or having as many things as Maverick had, which was nine heart defects. Oh, my, wow. Yeah. Did you know before um, he was born that um, that he had problems with his heart? We didn't. It was oh. a complete surprise. Um, they did not catch it on the ultrasound. So immediately after he was born, he was rushed to a hospital in Winnipeg and then flown to Edmonton to the Mazinkowski. Now it says here, so I re- I'm reading about, about Maverick. It says one week after he was born, he underwent open heart surgery, during which his heart stopped. Tell us about what happened there. So I'll just explain. Um, Maverick had nine defects. So, and they were Tausick Bing, double outlet right ventricle, ASD, VSD, transposition of the great arteries, and interrupted aortic arch, left and right shotgun coronaries. So that's pretty major what Dr. David Ross at the Mazinkowski decided to do was try to fix all of those heart defects in one surgery. Oh, boy. Um, it was a nine-hour open-heart surgery where they stopped his heart, and when they decided they thought he had his heart fixed, they closed him up, and then he, he coded, he crashed, um, so went to zero, and and so they had to revive him and get him back and open him up again and try to repair what went wrong to get him back. Now, it says here the doctors tried for almost an hour, like 43 minutes to bring him back to life. And, and amazingly, obviously, they, they did, but, yes. wow, 43 minutes. Mm. Yes. Longest that 43 actually, minutes of your life. Yes. Oh, it was crazy. Um, that was actually the next day where he coded again mm. um, after he came out of the open heart surgery. And, and I, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Maverick has gone through quite incredible things, and we can't say enough about the Mazinkowski Heart Institute. I think it's, we are so lucky to have them here in Canada. They have the leading edge surgeries 
surgeons and equipment and have saved so many babies like ours. Without them, he wouldn't be here. Yeah, it's interesting, too, that you say, because that's a really big statement, that Canadians are lucky to have the Mazinkowski. Yeah. Edmontonians, mm-hmm. you know, think about that, that this something that Canadians should be lucky to have, we have right here in Edmonton. So what happened next? 33-some, 30-some days of, of life support? That's right. Uh, Maverick um, was put on ECMO, and that is a machine that works for his heart and his lungs as well as his kidneys while his heart rested, and it was pumping the blood through him. Usually you're only allowed to be on it from five to seven days. Otherwise, your other organs start to shut down. And what happened with Maverick is um, we could not get him off the machine. His heart would would stop if we got him off. So um, we were sure we would lose him. They gave us a 5% chance to ever take him home, but us and the team in Edmonton decided to fight with every chance we had to bring him home and do surgeries and and keep going and um, after we did finally try to take him off ECMO after the 33 days when they thought he would go he just kept going and that little heart started pumping and and that first surgery that we almost lost him in actually worked (laughs) and to this day, he's still using that little heart. Wow. And a heart is one of those things, uh, Like, uh, unlike other muscles, it, it doesn't regenerate, right? A heart, exactly. Yeah. So what you want to do is just stop its degradation. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, if you do the math on this, your your little uh, boys had three cardiac arrests, four strokes, 28 surgeries, including three open heart procedures. He's how old? He's two and a half now and that, walking. That's that's a whole lot for a two and a half year old. That's a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. And a whole it lot was, for his parents as yeah, well to yeah. go through it, right? It's It yeah. was pretty devastating. We were in the hospital in the ICU for five months with Maverick and then um, for a total of a year altogether we were in the hospital with our family split apart and to this day he is still on regular heart checkups because as you said the heart is the only muscle in the body that does not get stronger it it just starts to fail mm. so so he's doing well now and yeah. and what are the doctors saying about the coming years for Maverick they're saying um, he needs to stay on his heart medications he's on four different medications twice a day to help his lower his blood pressure thin his blood and help his heart beat properly so it's something we always we always have to watch out for our little man, and um, because our next option is a heart transplant for Maverick. Mm, wow. Yeah. So, so we rely on the Mazinkowski yeah. pretty heavily, and we love them. Those surgeons who who work there, they put their heart and soul and even their own money into it. So what a story! Pretty incredible. That is that is really quite a story, and you've told it to a lot of people listening here in Edmonton and across Western Canada. What would you say to them? This is Heart Pledge Day. I mean, what's what's your message to them? Why should they pick up the phone and, and give a donation to the Mazikowski? My message would be you really don't know that it's going to happen to you until it does or to one of your little nieces or nephews or grandchilds and 
like I said, um, congenital heart disease is the leading cause of infant death and happens to 1 in 100 children. So I'm sure if you look around, you may have somebody that you know that will be affected by this. And the MAS here in Canada and the world is it's one of those places that is able to fix these hearts and, and keep these little people alive and running. And running, running with his big brother Colton and Brody and a baby sister. My goodness, a yeah. busy, busy house you have yeah. right now, Rachel. I'm looking at yeah. a picture, Maverick. That's a tough yeah. little, Look at him. What uh, a tough cutie. little guy. <laughs> He's absolutely you. adorable. Yeah. Rachel, thank you for sharing Maverick's story uh, with us today and with our listeners and your story and your family story. And, uh, You're welcome. You know, it's, uh, wow, all of a sudden you become experts in things that you did. <laughs> never ever thought you're going to have to be um, definitely yeah isn't that something else thank you so much for yes. this and uh we'll talk to you again maybe next year thank you so much that sounds great okay seven eight zero four zero seven twenty two hundred is the number to call toll free it's one eight six six four zero seven twenty two eleven and again online really easy if you're listening to us at six thirty ched.com just Type in there, heartpledgeday.ca. You can make a donation right there. It's 345. You're listening to 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day, proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. To donate, please call 780-407-2200 or visit 630ched.com. So neat, Andrew, to where I'm sitting. I'm looking at the uh, heart wall. Oh, so yeah. The, the heart pledge wall, and it's just filled. It looks like Valentine's Day in here, and there's hearts all oh, yeah. down this hallway with names on it of people who have taken the time, who have, you know, you know, called and made a donation of $10, $20, $100, whatever it is. And it's just, it's really, really great to see. And again, our presenting sponsor, Durabilt Windows and Doors. And this hour, our friends from Rosno Transport donating their time. And oh, look who it is. It's Ken Rosno. <laughs> hey, I uh, got to ask you question my friend yeah is it rosano or rosano well <laughs> that's been argued to death okay, i well, say rosano you know certain family members say rosano because I, I don't want to spend too much of my, uh, our time together. And I did business with uh, what I thought was Rosno for <laughs> many years uh, when I was in the trucking industry. And uh, then I got up here, and everyone at uh, 630 Chad called you Rosno. Yeah, that's I'm hey, always calling it Rosno. I'm fine right. with Rosno. All right. You know, my grandfather might argue it. But, uh. <laughs> Ken Rosno is the director of operations at Rosno Transport and uh, volunteers from Rosno right now answering the phones until about uh, 5 o'clock this afternoon. I said, hey, Ken. Where's your dad, Carl, today? Because usually he's here and he does this interview and tells the story. Kind of a little bit more about why Rosno got involved, but um, Carl's not here today. No, he's not. He's uh, at a meeting. But uh, the classic line he used there was that he used to think he was invincible until he had a heart attack. Yeah. Tell us about that. Tell us about that day and and what you remember what happened afterwards. Well, so he was was actually in the hospital having hip replacement surgery. So the surgery went well. He recovered. You know, know, after you get the hip done, they get you up and moving right away. And he actually had a heart attack Mm. uh, and was kind of stubborn enough not to tell anyone. <laughs> a trucker. <laughs> yeah, typical. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, he had another one. And there happened to be a nurse in the room checking his vitals. And uh, unbeknownst to him, I guess he was rubbing his chest, and the nurse questioned him and said, uh, What's going on? He goes, Well, I'm having some chest pains. Nurse gave him the scale of 1 to 10, and he said, Well, feels about a 9. 
Mm. So obviously they rushed him into the uh, cardiac unit and, uh, you know, lo and behold, he had a uh, heart attack. And that was uh, back in 2010. And I believe it was about 12, 10, 12 days later, he had open heart surgery at the Mass. And, and this was this was interesting, too, because it says at that same time, the Heart Pledge Day, we were broadcasting um, from the second floor of the Mass while... Well, Dad was having the surgery upstairs. The very same day. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, obviously we were, uh, as a family, we were worried. And, you know, you know, he's the leader of our company, leader of our family, mm-hmm. right? So it was uh, very near and dear to our heart. And that's why we support it today. You know, Rosno, or Rosno, uh, you guys are a great community uh, uh, citizen. You're great citizens of the community. You're involved in a lot of different stuff. Absolutely. You know, and every time we need you, you're always there, whether it's uh, trailers to collect food or whatever we're doing, you're always there. Why this one? What is it because of that? Or Well, obviously, you know, we've had, uh, you know, my grandmother passed away of a heart attack. You know, we just recently lost my grandfather, and he had a significant stroke uh, about three years ago, and... You know, it's just, it's a great organization, and obviously with my father, you know, without the Maz and the Alberta Heart and Stroke Foundation, he probably wouldn't be here. You know, your 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 dad, Carl's you know, big man, he's full of life, he's got this great big huge personality, and I, I have to wonder what it was like for you, Ken, to come in here and see him going through all of this, and you know, I think it'd be kind of funny, actually, to have had a fly on the wall to watch him with some of the nurses and the doctors and all of that as well, but... Um, for you to come in and see him there after having the surgery, um, it must have really just kicked you right in the butt and said, this is real. This is really real. You, you know, the uh, the toughest part, you know, we were pretty good. So my sister and I were here the day they, you know, we were in the hospital with him in the morning. You know, they said they're going to come to his room at 630 and, and uh, wheel him up to the uh, to the surgery and uh, you know we're pretty good we're we're, we're kind of quiet kind of joking with him a little bit and then when the uh, when they came to pick him up that's when it really hit home yeah. mm-hmm. and we said you know this is happening and we don't know the end result you know obviously anything could happen when you're mm-hmm. on the table there but you know he went away and it was a tight it was a tough moment at that part at that point and uh yeah, as a, as a family, we had a we had a few tears shed. Absolutely. And, you know, the surgery lasts six, seven. Then you wait, right? And then you sit there and wait, yeah. How do you recover from hip surgery and uh, open heart surgery at the same time? Because you said hip surgery, and I've been I've had some experience with that, not personally, but you're right. They want to get you up and moving around right away. Yeah. Uh, open heart surgery, maybe not so much. So how do you recover from both at the same time? <laughs> well, he did have a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he is fairly stubborn. Yeah, fairly but tough guy, yeah. You know, he has, uh, you know, Grace and the family. And, you know, I think, I don't know if he had a bell, but we took away his cell phone for a couple weeks. And, you know, once he started recovering from the heart surgery, he knew he was on the mend when... Uh, he was demanding a cell phone back. <laughs> wanted it back. Do some work and get things back uh, on it. Wow. Um, it is just always great to see uh, Rosno involved with this every year. And um, hearing you speak about it when your dad's here, hearing him speak about it. And I know uh, your staff. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Back there as well. I mean, they're yeah. here and having fun. I remember last year. I mean, we had one of the gals on here. I think she took over for the last half hour. <laughs> Crystal, <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I, I came up the stairs uh, at the shift change there, and uh, in were the uh, Rosano uh, guys. I, I thought perhaps there'd been some kind of labor dispute or something here. <laughs> Just this whole room full of uh, <laughs> truckers. Uh, do they come down here because this is important to them, or do they come down here because you tell them to get their butts down here? Well, I'd like to say that was the case, but no, everyone has their own story, right? And so I don't think there's an individual out there who, you know, doesn't have a, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, grandfather who has touched, you know, who has heart issues, you know, so it's it's all on them. You know, we we love the fact that our staff come down and spend their own time, and you know it's probably going to cost us a couple pizzas after, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> Ken Rosno, the director of operations at Rosno Transport, joining us uh, this afternoon. Uh, volunteers from Rosno answering phones for the next hour and eight minutes, as a matter of fact. Curious to know what you've learned and, and what your family has learned um, since Dad's heart attack and being involved with Heart Pledge Day over the past number of years. Well, first of all, you, you, you learn about lots of, you know, what's good for you and what's not so good for you. You know, obviously smoking, you know, your sugar and, you know, you, you just learn to be healthier as a result of it. Reality check. Absolutely. Right. You know, I've never been a smoker, but, you know, that's one of the big things that I learned through this whole process that, you know, smoking is number one cause, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, probably not the number one cause, but one of the right up there. contributing factors. You know, but through this whole process, you know, we, you know, what I've experienced through our friends and family and our customers and our vendors is how they step up to the plate. Yeah. Over and over again. You know, I got to tell you, and there's no excuse for, uh, you know, this is not meant to be an excuse, but you're in an industry that sort of facilitates all those bad things. Uh, maybe not you personally, but the guys who make a uh, make a living making those wheels turn on the highway, uh, you know, they smoke, they eat when they can, they sleep when they can. That's a really tough industry. Um, is there any part of you that, uh, I know as a family you probably changed a few things or got to thinking about a few things. Is there anything as a culture at your company that you're trying to do to change the health of your employees? Well, we obviously, uh, y- you know, we want our employees to be as healthy as, as possible. You know, we have we have programs in place that they can utilize at all times. And, you know, we're looking at different programs throughout the city, you know, maybe at a, at a gym or fitness facilities. You know, we, we haven't traditionally done that in the past, but it's it's on the table now. Yeah, something to think you. about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you did that job. You were involved with that. I did. I did for many years, yeah. And it's just a really tough industry. Like, it's it's hard to sit here and, and, and be a radio guy talking to a trucking guy because there's a part of me that wants to be a trucking guy talking to a trucking guy. I just know it's a really tough industry, and it's it's full of a lot of tough men and women. And, and it's it's people who just get stuff done. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I can picture your dad. I don't know your dad, but I can picture your dad saying, well, how long is this going to take because i got stuff to do. <laughs> that well, well, I'll tell you a funny story. So when, when he used to drive, and this is going back a few years, you know, we used to I used to ride with him the odd time, and we used to call it the uh, the trucker special. He used to get a bag of chips and a carton of chalk and milk, and that yeah. was one of his uh, our meals we used to call. Favorite meals? Yeah. yeah. Final words, uh, Ken, uh, before we go to break here, anything else you want uh, our listeners to know, what you, uh, you know, about uh, Rosno being involved with Heart Pledge Day? Well, I'd just like to uh, reiterate that, you know, this, you know, the Heart Pledge Day is near and dear to our heart. And, you know, we we always want to give back to the community that gives back to us. You know, we've been very fortunate as a company, and we just want to make sure we give back where we can. And this is, like I said, near and dear to our heart. And, 
you know, I just want to stress that. Well, I've never been a trucker that did uh, that was willing to back down from a challenge. Did we want to make some <laughs> other uh, trucking companies maybe pick up the phone? Yeah, I'd love to, Andrew. So, uh, you know, I'd like to challenge uh, all the all the transport companies throughout Edmonton and the province of Alberta. Um, donate what you can. I know it's tough. It's tough economic times out there for for companies and. Anything and everything helps in the long run. So, Ken Rosno joining us this afternoon from Rosno Transport. Uh, pick up the phone. Get uh, one of the gang from Rosno Transport to take your pledge at uh, 407-2200. 1-866-407-2211 is toll-free and online. Andrew Gross? Yes, online. Head to uh, heartpledgeday.ca. You can also find out all the information we've just given you on 630ched.com.